The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Is that right there on, like, main drag? Yeah. And it's old, right? Well, it's gone through a couple. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with Bart Hanson, Sam Katuri. John Myers is out on assignment, and we have... We're talking about ice cream through the pour. (laughs) (laughs) Just to set the stage. It's summertime. (laughs) Discussing after recording refreshments. And it's not more wine. It's a Petaluma ice cream report. <laughs> it's important stuff, people. Well, we have done the Petaluma pizza report, which actually, I mm. imagine, That's right. input from both of you would be, you know, good on. But let's start with yes. ice cream. Yes, Lala's. <laughs> we should be sponsored by Lala's. Oh, today. I love Lala's. <laughs> Coming back from the inkwells uh-huh. with the kids, we'll uh-huh. stop and get the Lala's. And see, I'm a screaming Mimi's girl. Oh, well, that's Sebastopol. I know, not West pa- County. Not Petaluma. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I got to shout out Sweet Scoops on the plaza then, in case Joe and Remy are listening. Uh, or Cialito up in the Springs. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. My hood. This, this concludes the Sonoma <laughs> County Ice Cream Report. Thanks for tuning into the Winemakers Pod. <laughs> and we're out. This was the best podcast I've ever been a part of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is the, the coldest cold intro we've ever done. <laughs> so we got one of our favorite guests in-house today. Jen Reichart from Raft, and anyone that knows me or follows me on Instagram, I just say she's from Etal, uh, Pickpool. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, definitely one of my favorite wines in California. Oh, thank you. It's, I am so happy to be back. It's so good. And you've got Sarah Morgenstern with you, Sarah M. That's me. Who, it's a lot easier to say. Who we're going to learn a little bit about because we have not met before and don't know much about you, but you and Jen have a new project that you've started. Well, started a while ago, but now is officially live and ready to go. And I think you brought some of the wines as well as some other fun, interesting looking wines and very cool labels. And so we're going to hopefully get into all that. Yeah. We have a lot of fun stuff. Lots of fun there's stuff. A, there's a lot of wine over here. Yeah, you know that you, None of them are opened yet, Jen. Going. Going. <laughs> well, I'll open these wines. Sarah, Sarah why don't you tell us about yourself? Sarah, where are you from? <laughs> yeah, there we no go. pressure. Well, I'm from Florida, the culinary epicenter of the United States. The wine hub of the East Coast, some would say. Uh, but I've lived out in Cal- Northern California for about 12 years now. So does that long enough to yeah, wash the, yeah, wash yeah. the Floridian over 10, off of me? Over 10, that's right. good. Well, Jen married a Floridian. And then her best gal pal is a Floridian, so she's worse than... I didn't choose to be from there. You're choosing to associate with us. Right, because you got the hell out of there. I got out. They kicked me out. (laughs) To be fair, my in-laws are now residents of South Carolina, so my Florida ties are just down to you now. Fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jen and I have been friends for about six years now, so this project has been 
pretty long time coming. Uh, I just, I don't think either of us was sure if doing a project together was going to be just a fun anecdote we talked about for the rest of our lives, but we ripped, we ripped the Band-Aid off last year. Well, 2020 was such a nice, calm, peaceful year where everything was lining up so well. We just decided to add another layer onto well, it. Well, we needed some joy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, we needed some joy. That's right. That's and, true. And to put it in perspective, Sarah was on my first pick of Raft Wines ever. Yeah. Uh, 2016 okay. Viognier. So she's, while this is our project together, I would say she's a big proud of the Raft Project too. Number one fan. Well, so my, my background was originally in production, but then I ended up uh, working in front of house from Psalm stuff to director of operations for producers kind of stuff. So I missed the production component that I was supposed to have on a daily basis. So that's why I've always helped Jen so much with Raft every year is not only is she amazing, but I just needed to get my hands dirty every year. Yeah. Really the, nice. Keep the skills. You needed yeah. to feel the sleep deprivation of a proper feel, harvest to feel if, alive. If I didn't have bags under my eyes during harvest, what was I doing in wine country? You're not a real wine person. Not a real Those wine person. Those front of house hours just weren't yeah. yeah, and it feels a little bit like if you don't use it, you lose it. So I just yeah. needed to be oot and a boot with her. Um, so now that we have our project together, I finally feel like I'm back in production. So now I don't have to help her with Raft at all anymore. Oh. <laughs> Says who? You lost me. Dang We're it. done. Um, for, you know, just, sorry, just quickly, can we give people the web address and or Instagram handle for the new project just so they can sort of follow along and maybe oh, see top? and maybe see a picture of you guys um, on the ground after bottling oh. pre martini <laughs> to know what you're talking about. I have never felt like a photograph summarized what our point of view on winemaking was as Oof. much as us just taking a nap, a cat nap in the sun waiting for martini time. Yes. So Perfect. it's little trouble wine co, uh, dot com and that's our at as well. Did yeah. I get that right? You did. Great. Very simple. We've gone back and forth through a couple different iterations of Little Trouble Wines, Little Trouble Wine Co., Little Trouble Best Friends Wines.com. So it is Little Trouble Wine Co. Well, to name this, we were literally just driving around without an idea of what we were going to brand this as going. Uh, Greenvanwines.com, um, uh, bigbrownfencewines.com. Like we see it, we say it, we'll see what sticks. So yeah. this one stuck. And what was the first. So you guys had talked about it for a while, but what was the first vineyard or varietal that finally set it off where you guys said, okay, let's jump in with this? Well, that was Stampede, Stampede right? Yeah. yeah. And then did you get in trouble on that day that you came up with Little Trouble? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was there, yeah. Was there an yeah. Issue that we day? really yeah. did. So we came up for the name on the way up to the Rorick Pick. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever had the pleasure of visiting the Rorick Heritage Vineyard, they welcome their guests with open bottles and open arms yeah so we, had, we had a good time we had a very good time and then i think upon returning to the winery where uh i don't know what we're mussing about with something at some point this was after the pick we're in the winery and uh another winemaker uh, in the facility walked by and what was the exact phrase he said looks like you are getting here, into here comes trouble here comes trouble <laughs> So it kind of solidified everything for us. And now we have an easy out for any mistakes that we ever make because we're just having a little trouble. <laughs> That's really, this is just an insurance policy at the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, uh, Stampede was the first, I mean, Jet, you found Stampede. Yeah, I've been following Jeff for a long yeah, time. Yeah, shout out, shout out to the 
The Zinyard. The Zinyard. Mm-hmm. Zinyard, yeah, Zinyard. Jeff loves. The, the Greek king of Lodi? Yes. The, cher- the Greek cherry king. The Greek cherry king, king, of, king. of Lodi? Um, and we kind of always joked back and forth about working together. And, you know, it didn't quite fit in the lineup of Raft, though. Raft has just evolved in so many ways in the last 2020. And none of my reds got made, so maybe it would have fit. But I looked at Sarah and I was like, is it time? Should we do this? Because this is an amazing vineyard with an amazing story. Um, and I think going put to it all together? see it kind of, uh, kind of tied it all together, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Will you describe the vineyard? Just, uh, for those of us, if you don't follow Jeff on Instagram and see the vineyard, or, I mean, even if you do... If you haven't driven up to it, we haven't you know, talk about you know talk about where it is and what's like there. So the vineyard is in Clements Hills, uh, right next to the and I can't believe how much I love this name the Buckaroo Rodeo Grounds. Nice, fantastic, uh, and that has a lot to do with you know we've got the horseshoe on the uh, website and on the corks and there's a couple different reasons for that, but the rodeo certainly had something to do with. It. I think we've used rodeo dust in multiple wine descriptors, perhaps for this vineyard. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, and it truly, you know, it gets in gets in your nose, gets in your eyes, gets in everywhere. It's, yeah. it's an evocative. It's evocative. <laughs> But uh, so Jen, um, you know, took us up to this site and it's beautiful, super old vine, all uh, field, field blend intermixed, mostly of Zin with some Mission, Alicante, Syrah, Grenache. Am I missing anything? Grenache, Petite Syrah, I believe. Petite Syrah, yep. And then some white varietals that are very rare. We're like looking out for them, trying to get them in the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, Go take five bunches off of that vine over there. I know it's not our road. (laughs) No, it's not mine. It's not not mine. Um, But everything out there, you know, they're the giant head trained vines and they're really, you know, they're all... Hundred, some of them are hundred years old, and they really kind of you look at them and they tell a story. Like that, you don't they don't have to speak words to you, but through their their appearance, you can really kind of feel that history of California and California winemaking. So that was a really special kind of aha moment. And seeing what Jeff and his family are doing, as far as um, I, I don't know, if bringing the vineyard back is the right way to say it, but just what they've done with the site since they've preserving it. it. And, yes, preserving it maybe yeah. is the word, and hearing what his plans are for the site and um he's so excited it's hard to not kind of also be as equally excited about the property absolutely rodeo dust rodeo Rodeo dust dust. Mm -hmm. giddy up all right can we taste the rodeo dust or is that not yes so i what's the the proposed line we have well there's we brought a lot of stuff it's only a six pack it's only four of us six we have an hour and a half or so yeah we'll be great there's five of us all right I guess that was pretty good jubilee that we started with. <laughs> um, so out of this vineyard, I only brought the rosé. So we made three iterations of the wine, but instead of totally drowning everybody in this brief time that we have together, this fleeting moment, um, I brought the rosé because it was really fun. It, it is really fun. It is really fun. Let's have some. Let's have some rosé. <laughs> it matches your microphone, actually. Wait. It really does. Hold, hold that pour. Hold that pour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since uh, podcast isn't uh, the best visual medium, there's a pink <laughs> microphone, pink rosé moment happening right now. Sarah picks up quick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
So our artwork was done with, by my dear friend. I've known her since kindergarten, um, Jennifer Shada. You can find her at Jennifer Shada Art. And she painted this beautiful watercolor picture of a barn that's actually at the Rorick Heritage Vineyard. Um, and around the barn in, on each label is a different color, kind of representing the color of the wine. So for the rosé, it is pink. And as we keep adding to the lineup, maybe we'll get into some, like, high-vis, some glitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe some rainbow. For now, they just correspond to color spectrum. But this rosé is made from what? All of it. All of it. So all of his stuff is (laughs) co-planted and co-fermented. Okay. So there's really no rhyme or reason. I'm sure if we went out with him after the fact and said, we picked from this section, what were the predominant varieties be but you're kind of out there. But we don't want to be at high maintenance yet. No, not <laughs> yet. Um and you're you're just out there everybody the cool thing is he's working with so many uh wineries that I really respect across California and everyone's out there on the same morning all picking together. It was really fun to show up at the crack of dawn and just see like half of your buddies talk about that bleary eye baggy-eyed, black-eyed situation going on. I think there's a picture of me sleeping in the flatbed while we were waiting for our bins to come up because, you know, they're cycling everyone through. So when it was finally our turn, we hop out, get onto the sleigh, and uh, and sort through it all. And since it was 2020, you know, it was the first time we'd seen so many people mm-hmm. in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it was right. it was the social event of the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> happens at 6.30 a.m. in Lodi. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there's such a there's it's funny as we go through and get to know this vineyard a lot more. I have found that through the rosé, through the red piquette, through the red that we did, almost more than any other vineyard I've worked with, there's this common thread of flavor profiles mm-hmm. across across all of the skews. There's this kind of like watermelon Jolly Rancher, um, uh, like <laughs> beautiful gas station candy kind of quality to this, like the apricot rings and the it's it's a really fun vineyard to work with because of the amount of like light bright candied red fruit characters this has but then like kind of on the finish there's this interesting kind of herbaceousness i find you know Mm -hmm. it's almost like rose geranium kind of that yeah earthiness and that kind of and and there's a real Mm savoryness to the finish which i really really like it's you know what it so this is a weird descriptor but you know when you're a kid. There's no weird descriptors here. I know, this, uh, but it 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 totally <laughs> smells like this memory you have as a kid when, when you're at the pool and it's a hot day and you guys are all out of the pool and you're laying, you got your towels down and you're laying and, and this is when you got the the pools at the neighbor's house that have like the mm-hmm. and when the when the water splashes on the hot. Um, cement, Ooh. like you get this. There's a certain Public smell pool to it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I told you I'm from Florida. Yeah. We know these things. <laughs> I was made for this. Totally. Yeah, I totally. I mean, it's a real like this rose. I, it, maybe it's reductive, and we could say this about so many different iterations of the style of wine, but it really is. Um, that balance of it's such a, a summer wine, but then there's, because of the vineyard, there's such a seriousness and a savoriness, like you said, to it, too. Well, and, you know, we're, we're this has been in your your big van that's behind us. It's actually, like, I'm going to take a picture. It's perfect for <laughs> memeing because it's got this big blank white space on it. Um, the Sprinter van. I don't know. I don't know. It what goes everywhere. Send it to Paul. Um, it's not fridge temp. It's maybe closer to cellar temp. It's not 
particularly yeah, cold. It was yeah. in a refrigerator yeah. at uh, noon, and then I left and right. been running errands running. around Sonoma. So um, yeah, it's, it's which it's it's actually I mean it's a great temperature for it, especially for this setting to like kind of see all the things that are going on, yeah. and it's yeah. definitely. <laughs> It's got that just like sort of field blend vibe where you're, you know, there's some characteristics of a few different kinds of grapes that you're like, you know, it's you have not this quite little, Grenache, like, it's yeah, not quite Zinfandel, totally. it's yeah, not exactly. quite, and yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a little like influence from the cherry trees. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's hard to get that out of your mind, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I know. Well, yeah, and especially if you saw pictures of the cherries, you yeah, know, they were beautiful, picking, gorgeous, you know. and they never last long enough to like. Get any. If you're, li- if you're listening, Jeff, <laughs> we'd like send some an SOS basket to 16600 address 589 First Street. The cherries are just ready too early for us to make the trip out there to actually go check on fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got to por- parcel out the, the visits. Yeah, it's just I, I will say, Jennifer Reichart spends more time in a vehicle than any other person I have ever met between checking vineyards and delivering duck and, and, and. That's why I drive a Prius normally. Mm-hmm. The Sprinter is a special occasion when I need to pick up some goods. It's a diesel, though. It's a diesel, yeah. yeah. It gets like 20 miles a gallon. You could you could probably run it on duck fat. Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> it would be pungent. Yeah. Like, oh, Jennifer's here. She's three blocks away. <laughs> so. Imagine the smell well, running actually, through town. Was like, it? <laughs> all of Petaluma smells like duck on fina. Yeah. <laughs> was it after the Rorick pick that uh, we were driving home? And I think we had to choose when we were going uphill, air conditioning or momentum. <laughs> yes. If yeah. that was correct. Yeah. That was, you know, adventures. Right. Adventures and new wine brands. The, that was a different Sprinter van than this one currently mm-hmm. behind us. You but it load was, your grapes into the Sprinter van? Yeah. Yeah. They can fit up to 1.5 tons. So they're perfect. Huh. And then you like can three, chill it. Three so three beds. it's ideal. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. it's It's been kind of my saving grace mm-hmm. starting this whole adventure and adventure and adventure um vans that can take pallets are like a, it's like a really i do all my trucking i've moved all of my case goods i it's it's pretty incredible I, yeah the, I, I, the I, real I, test is waldo grade right when you're <laughs> yeah growing that, up with a volkswagen van that was always the test was waldo grade if you could make it up going out, going any more than up. 25 miles per hour i agree so it's funny that you were talking about notes of summer because i believe really one of our tasting notes of this wine is we're moving a wine transition transitioning (laughs) it's funny you mentioned summertime (laughs) well there's more well that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said will you do me a favor for for swirling purposes we thank you because the uh the table tends to uh resonate thank you Uh, i didn't realize this was such a marketing driven um podcast (laughs) This week. Wait, wait, wait I want to know who's, be selling. who's doing what? What do you mean? Oh, between the two of us. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I would, I'd love to answer that because I think you're too humble to answer it a- appropriately. <laughs> okay. Between the two of us, I mean, Jen is the winemaker. If we were to be uh, uh, binary about it, for sure. I'm, I like to think I'm very helpful. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then my background is much more in um, uh, national wholesale and operations, those things. So it really, pen- to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it pencils out really nicely as far as me covering, I think, a little bit more of logistics and Jen definitely spending extra hours in the winery. But I've never met anyone in my life thus far that I've been so in sync with in the cellar making production decisions. Like, I, it feels very much like we finish each other's sentences. As sandwiches. Far as sandwiches. 
in the winery. Um, so really, our dogs are ham and Jack. We got to go with the sandwich thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that that Jen really takes the lead on the production, but so far it's been incredibly like. Um, cross-pollinating and and really mutually beneficial as far as what chores are getting done we're both kind of doing a little bit of everything yeah would you say yeah yeah but so this is good i'm gonna ask this question now because it seems like a good time but sarah you have another job right I do you have another and, and like and, do i have one other job or yeah, have like six saying. other jobs <laughs> right. yeah. we're both uh, running out of digits on I our know. fingers <laughs> both of our instagrams have like six different businesses right. on them so yeah. could you talk a little bit about that because um, yeah. we know about jen's um other job and Pish how consuming posh. jen reichardt heard it all uh, yeah, so my, my my paycheck job is the director of operations for Ruth Lewandowski Wines, um, a small-ish. I don't even know if we can say that we're that small anymore. Um, um, it's I would say it's it's small minus. Small minus. Yeah. A small minus brand um, based out of Healdsburg, Geyserville, with uh, almost all of the fruit coming from southeast Mendocino. And we are a very low intervention, minimal intervention brand. I don't like saying natural so I it. noticed youth, that on your guys's website natural that you have adjacent. natural yes. in quotation marks and say that we're not actually a natural. And it, I mean, I think those people sitting at the table know why we sort of talk in those yeah. terms. But do you want to explain? Absolutely. I think that both Evan, who is the owner, founder, winemaker, artiste, if you will, uh, the the left brain of the operation, <laughs> uh, uh, Evan would say. Um, if I can put words in his mouth, that um, anything that gets too dogmatic is a little scary. So I think sometimes, especially now that we have a tasting room open in Healdsburg, we get to hear people's opinions on the wine and on the style of wines we make a lot more than we ever had in the past. And just as much as um, I, I think it can be a little bit problematic to say I only drink wines that are over or under certain alcohol percentage or I only make wines that come from this area of the world I think it can also be uh, a little bit problematic to say I only make wines that um, are produced in this one very particular style and it's uh, very hard to make wines completely zero zero and I think uh, Evan and I both feel strongly that while we want to leave a really positive imprint on the world and we want to make wines as carefully and responsibly as possible if you know if we need to add 20 parts per million of sulfur to something we don't feel like we're kicking a puppy <laughs> you know what i think we don't we don't feel like we're evil people for doing that so uh you know we use a little dry ice so we're not the devil uh so <laughs> I, yeah, yeah so you know i think at the end of the day we're we, we feel really good about how we're treating the earth and about the product that we're serving our customers and we know that we're not working with pesticides or sprays and and we know that there's not chemicals going into our wine but um, I think to say that uh, the winemaking world is black and white is a little scary to us. So uh, I think natural wine, um, just like any winemaking style that's on trend at the moment, uh, people can really run with it in a pretty scary direction. So we just like yeah. to say we're very minimal intervention mm. and we make very um, make nature wines, not natural wines. Nice. Yeah. Like that. What are, what are we drinking right now? Oh, so this is the Rorick Heritage Vineyard uh, Chardonnay Piquette. So mm. it says sparkling on the label. As you noticed, it is not. Yeah. <laughs> now, had it not had a crown cap, there would be no questions. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Sometimes you run in a little trouble. 
<laughs> Insurance policy. Um, do you want to you wanna do that? You want me to do that? Why don't you do it? Okay. So I, I love Paquette. I uh, do not metabolize alcohol very well. Um, so my, my hangovers are pretty epic. Mm. So I do gravitate towards lower alcohol uh, wines. And when um, uh, Todd at um, Wild Ark Farms in, in New York kind of past, led, friend of the program past, friend, friend of the program. pod friend of the program uh he kind of led the way in uh paquette and i totally fell in love with these wines while i was working in new york For i sure. love that not only are the wines lower alcohol but it's less waste right like we're reusing this must over yep. i think it's great uh for producers to have more versatility in the program a little so, bang for your buck a more bang for your buck exactly like it's hard to make a money making wine and so i think to be able to add another skew from one wine that you've made is amazing or from one pick and so uh i made a piquette last year for my own label uh killer quail and totally fell in love with making them uh jen just without any drop (laughs) you have a label label. called killer quail (laughs) just like uh this other label killer quail with an epic name that we won't talk about okay it is an epic name it doesn't exist you can't talk about it and another bird reference okay wasn't gonna let her off Thank you for I, I'm not I'm not thank you for holding me accountable yeah. for that. <laughs> should I should I okay. Let's let's talk about the piquette, then we'll talk about the, okay, ki- gotcha. the killer quail. Uh, I have some quail in my backyard, decidedly not killer, so I'm excited <laughs> to see. Oh, that's a story. It's a whole embarrassing story. Um so I, I really fell not only in love with drinking piquettes, but making them as well. And so Jen, um, being the wonderful person that she is, let me <laughs> Let me experiment with this. Um, and so, you know, it's, I, I think I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with the style, but it's essentially uh, rehydrated, freshly pressed skins. So you're adding water to skins that still have a little meat on their bones. And so you're essentially making a lower alcohol version of whatever the the freshly pressed uh, juice was and so uh you get all of the kind of flavor profile of the grapes coming off of that but without 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 so much booze now generally piquettes are served sparkling they don't have to be they don't have to be there's no rules there are there is nothing (laughs) saying that piquettes are still are sparkling traditionally they have been because you know these wines chemically are are uh missing some of the structural components that the original pressings would have so not quite as high in acid so i think the sparkling component adds a pucker where there may be needed um with these uh you know we did we did uh we checked the math we had some consultants come in and check on uh, everything we did to try and find out what went wrong Still, still can't figure it still out. Still can't Blame figure the it consultants. out. Still yeah. can't figure it out. So you know, we've I'm I'm familiar with the process that we use to make this. I everyone felt real confident. We felt real good. Wines tasted delicious throughout the whole fermentation. Uh, we crown capped it, opened it every few weeks. No bubbles. No bubbles. Few weeks later, no bubbles. Few weeks later, no bubbles. We ran a panel. Wines were dry. So you know, I think maybe it was a, a cap so, issue. So- yeah, so well, what? Oh yeah, they fermented. In yeah. Without. We did a very healthy liquor de tirage. Everything looked really good. Uh, and then when we couldn't figure out why the wines weren't sparkling, we sent them into the lab, and we they had dry, dry wines. So, so huh. a, a second fermentation happened, but you know, wasn't uh, enough to. Uh, we don't really know where the bubbles went. So what? At what um, RS did you bottle it? 
They were dry and we mm-hmm. re-inoculated. And yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So they sat in barrel until um, basically March. Um, so six months mm-hmm. in an oak barrel. So essentially this was Chardonnay. Right. Um, just a little lighter alcohol. Right. And so then we did the re-inoculation. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a piquette expert by any means. It's not, expert? I'm not a, a scientist. Piquette, piquette but. expert. <laughs> I will not say that five times, any times fast. Um, it's not like it's super low alcohol. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's nine nine point right? five. Yeah. yeah. Still, you know, it's still. High for Riesling? This, yeah. <laughs> this, 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 uh, you know, it could have been how uh, gently we pressed. It could have been that these grapes just really wanted to hold on to their guts. Uh, this did soak up quite a bit. Um, you know, nine and a half is pretty high for a piquette. Uh, I think anything between like seven and nine and a half is about the range that I would expect to see. Um, so there's a real Venus character to this. For me, uh, you know, someone who... <laughs> can't drink the way I can't drink this is great because I'm not losing any kind of intensity of flavor I'm just losing a couple couple alcohol percentages which is nice but what I love about this is it's still regardless of whether it has bubbles or not there's almost like this great thing about this not being sparkling because I had not had a still piquette before Mm. and I'm love I love this yeah it's definitely it's like somewhere in between a piquette and like just a like a orange yeah. wine, a skin contact Chardonnay. Totally. Very much so. Um, Absolutely. And I could smell this wine three feet away when you guys first pass it <gasps> oh, over. Oh yay! But it and it and it was like a piney smell mm-hmm. that has since yeah. sort of There's blown a off a little bit. Huge level of herbaceous quality yeah. to it. Absolutely. But, um, this is like a wait for the pace supply truck to drive by for a second. <laughs> um, but to just like gratuitously name drop um Samine Nosrat talks about something on one of her I think it was on the home cooking series that she did during where um like don't strip your cilantro and your parsley because there's a similar but like almost sweeter flavor in the stems stems. of the cilantro than like in the leaves right 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 and and that's like I was like it was like sweet almost sweet parsley um that's that's what, like that early. It kind of blew. It kind of went away, but uh, yeah. it was really interesting. Yeah. But it kind of has a chardon. When you think about it, it kind of has a little chardonnay kind of ness. You know, it's it's um, yeah. Ness yes. chardonnay yeah. light. Chardonnay light. Uh, well, there was a real verdant quality to this fruit even when it came in. Like it was super super green berries, mm-hmm. and throughout the whole fermentation, there was that kind of like a little bit of a green quality to this that we loved. To, to what was the pick date and like uh chemistry or uh, pick date average range sometime how smoky was it when you picked <laughs> what time of uh, year was it was it? not and, smoky and, when we picked and it was, what was the, like after. chemistry that came in at um, oh god we didn't <laughs> check i think it finished of the, of the regular of the regular soak up to maybe like 22, 22? <gasps> the the you know it must be right because we had it at the same time. <laughs> or you practiced earlier. Um, <laughs> that of the sh- of the the Chardonnay. Of the Chardonnay. So yeah. what we did, the, we're tasting the, 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 st- the I know, Chardonnay. yeah. The well, we call them like the big sister and the little sisters, like the piquettes. Um, the the big Chardonnay, which is not big at twelve point two percent alcohol. Whopping twelve point two. Um, it. We destemmed everything and let it on the skins for about forty eight hours. So. The piquette then was 48 hours on the skins, pressed, and then more time on the skins Mm -hmm. as it soaked up for another couple days. So that ended up being closer to probably four or five or six days 
on the skins for the piquette. And 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 that lends itself to the texture that it has because yeah. it, it has a texture to it and it's it's not a bitter texture. Right. It has a texture to it. And, yeah. And and that's what that's from and and that helps build some of the mouthfeel to it. Um, and then it has a good amount of acid in it that, you know, it it's it gives an impression of being freshly fermented. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like when, yeah. when the wine first goes dry and it has that bound CO2, there's a there's a tightness to it. Yeah. I, I still get that out of it. Well, I think one of the things uh, I've heard with people who, who maybe don't love Piquette or haven't found one that they really like so far is that it's lacking any sort of structural component and can be, for lack of a better term, a little flaccid. And so I think a little extra time on the skins, adding some phenolics where there maybe wasn't before um, can help that a lot. And I think that's a little bit of extra time on the skins, add making it sparkling, all those things add complexity where maybe Paquette might be missing a little bit because at the end of the day, there's quite a, a, a you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of water in this guy. That's by nature right. what it is. Right. Um, so in order to achieve any sense of kind of complexity at all, I think that adding these kind of winery components mm. is important. Jen, do you have some Spacks. numbers? I did. I found, I found <laughs> the numbers. Thank you for talking for just that long. Um, pick date was September 5th. So, mm-hmm. relatively early, and down in Murphy's, they didn't get that direct smoke. And you're at a little bit of elevation. Elevation, too, right? absolutely. Yeah, to about 2,000 feet, depending on where in the vineyard you are. Oh, God, we're going to start harvest, like, tomorrow. It's going to be really... Oh, yeah, speaking of which, so are you going for take two on this wine, but maybe trying to shoot for a little... Yeah, well, is it going to be a collector's bottle. item to buy a bottle of the sparkling paquette that's not sparkling? Cause, Probably. Because the next edition will be sparkling and it won't oh, be yeah. special anymore. Guys, this is a real hot commode right now. There's never going to be another one like this. I will say, it's funny, I, I was so, and Jen can attest to this, I was so upset just as, you know, Jen and I are good students. We want to make, we want to do a good job. We, um, I was so upset that this didn't end up being sparkling. And the more I drink it, the more I'm actually completely thrilled with it. I just really love that you can like sit by the pool and drink it. You know, everyone, yeah. this, this hard seltzer is the craze. And what percentage is that? Eight and a half, 9% alcohol. So it's like, well, that high. yeah, Whoop. but they taste like sugar and they're malt liquor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, instead put the white claw down and get some of it. Yeah. This yeah. is way better than any of those, uh, uh, seltzers and no sugar we should we can put that on our website that's the quote right mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. way better than any of these seltzers exactly <laughs> those seltzers yeah and so then we also did a piquette off of the um stampede fruit as well a pink a pinkette if you will and it is uh, between the two of them they're just so like juicy and still quite venous and refreshing and quaffable and i mean now, we is talk that about, one sparkling no that's why i think it was a cap issue I don't think it was a math issue. I think it was a cap issue. But you know what? We'll never know. The world I Only never know. the Lord knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. May I have some Chardonnay? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute. Can we can we try that funky, cloudy Oh, yeah. oh yes. And let's actually, we should do this because it's the same vineyard. I'll leave it in your hands. Same you press. Know exactly and then we were going to go, we'll go sure. back to that. Okay. That one is just intriguing me. Yes. I, it's intriguing me as well. There's a backstory. Okay. I was there for that pick, even though it's not my wine. Dun, dun, dun. We're, we have a, a rogue catch and release. Very turbid, very beautiful salmon-colored rosé of Sangio also on the table. We'll leave you all at the t- on awaiting. <laughs> Wait, so, is this something you, did you just buy this from Todd and then we made you open it on the show? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. 
it. I, Todd, can the we only podcast maybe where it costs twenty four ninety nine to be on the show. I mean, I bought it to share because I was curious about. Um, it's the same vineyard that I make my raft still Sangiovese from, um, to red Sangiovese, I should say. Uh, so I just wanted to. Yeah, but you were gonna share it with your husband. Not nah, man. Nah. I'll bring the bottle home to him. He'll have it. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Mm. A spouse that actually listens to the podcast? What's that like? I don't think any of us have one of those. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. He spends a lot of time on a bike, right? He's got to be doing something. He listens something. to it in the cellar, actually. Oh, he puts on nice. podcasts in the cellar and just like cranks out topping and silvering and all that. Should I actually, speaking of Ruth Lindowski, that sounds so should, hot. I, should I say about <laughs> sure. Mike Dimitri? Sure. Oh, so there's also really fun. We were talking about Ruth Lindowski, yes. my, my, yes. the, the day job, if you will. And we are about to have, it's just Evan Lewandowski and I. We are about to have our first ever third employee, a new assistant winemaker who goes by the name of Mike Dimitrenko. So I am just slowly making sure that the only people in the world life I work with are Mr. Duck Daughter. Mr. Duck Daughter. For those of you scoring it. Yeah. Does that mean Mr. Duck Daughter's got another job or is he leaving his current? He's leaving his current position. He's going to be splitting the cellar between Ruth Lewandowski and they share the space with Idlewild Wines. So he's going to be running shop in there while Sam and Evan are out in the vineyards. It's a matter of months before Jen Reichart takes over the entire California wine industry. (laughs) Highly possible and honestly probable. Am I off the hook then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you can you can go. I don't need to do it. Okay. Wow. But we're we're very excited to have him, and the fact that I'm working with Jen on our label, and then with uh, Mike in the cellar, and with Ruth Lewandowski, I'm really I'm really setting myself up. What is for those here. people that don't know Ruth? Can you just talk a little bit about her history and? So Ruth there is, is no Ruth. there is we are all Ruth. So okay. the truth uh, is there ain't no Ruth. The truth is there the ain't no Ruth. So Evan felt a little weird putting his full name on the label. He just felt like Evan Lewandowski Wines was a little too personal. And the book of Ruth in the Old Testament was a story that he really enjoyed. He had a religious upbringing and does not necessarily align himself that way now. But as far as a story goes, he really liked the story of, you know, the book of Ruth. And a lot of our wines are named after different characters. I always want to say the fictional story. And then I have to remember that might make me some people very upset. So I don't I that's not how I feel. If they've listened to our podcast for as any amount of time, they probably have lost. They've, that sense they've of already it. left. We've already weeded them out. Right. As lightning strikes. Yeah. <laughs> so you know we'll be at a you know we'll be pouring at a wine fair in Chicago, and a lot of people come up and insist that Ruth is Evan's grandmother, or that I'm Ruth, or that Evan's sister is Ruth, and you know depending on how much Went time to high we have. With Ruth, can yeah. I get a discount? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know her. Yeah, I know we don't Sandra have a lot of time, from the yes. girl in the fig. Yeah. I know Sandra. <laughs> so Ruth is everyone and no one, mm-hmm. all at the same time. A beautiful mystical creature. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. just like Evan Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Chardonnay. Let's talk about the Chardonnay yeah. for a second. Well, it's kind of just cool to taste these like side by side, mm-hmm. back to back. You see the piquet. It, There's a common thread. There's the, a common the, thread. The big sister, little sister thing is is apt yeah you know although that was jen's idea all the little sisters out there are probably going to be pissed off about it but um, well we're both big sisters so we don't really yeah the little sisters the lighter playful one yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> that's We're serious. Gonna, that's got to make the little sisters happy. Mm-hmm. You sell her for half as much as your, your, her big sister? <laughs> Only $10 less. No, no, less. What is, what is her? I don't even remember our retail prices. Less, it's less than $10 less difference. Less than $10. But you're definitely get a finish of like caramel here that you're not getting from the pseudo no. piquette, which I'm assuming is barrel regiment. Um, both actually were aged in a similar barrel, so I think huh. it really does come down to that first pressing versus the rehydration yes. of the piquet um, must. And as this is going through fermentation and we're tasting through, Jen and I both were like, are you surprised that we made grown-up Chardonnay? Are you surprised that this is quite serious Chardonnay? Yeah, I was hope- or not hoping. I was just, I was expecting to make something like light, fruity, fun. And then as it evolved in barrel and spent all that time on the leaves, it really kind of evolved into this really mm-hmm. kind of beautiful lingering finish. Acid kind of just flows. Like I took a sip of it. I don't know before I started talking, and it's still kind of yeah working on it. it. Yeah, is it an ML positive or? Uh huh. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, is it, it? It's gone all the way through. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 And it, no, and, no intervention. Right, and it isn't amazing how it gives no impression of that. Yeah. Which says something to the growing side, I would imagine. But there's there's the there's the richness. There's the richness that mid palate richness. It doesn't yeah. have like it's not. It's certainly not like my grandmother Ruth's Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, it's not like buttery, you know, no. like over the it's top. Not Mildred's Chardonnay. Mildred Chardonnay. Uh, is that Ruth's roommate in the nursing home? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it definitely is, uh, yeah, grown-up Chardonnay. There's, there's, <laughs> there's concentration, I think. Uh, there's there's yeah. a lot of concentration. Considering and it's 12-2, I feel like it carries yeah. itself bigger than that. Not mm-hmm. not by heat, but it's shoulders. There's a lot to stand Do, on. Have you had enough other, like, Rorik chardonnays to be able to sort of compare this to is that like is that a Mm -hmm. a site thing or is that what's funny is we actually between stampede and rorick we actually there is quite a a bit of overlap between (laughs) the mater de chez and the and the little trouble wines which i gotta say like we love them so much the wines are amazing and when we were first starting to work with these i think we bought some of those wines Mm -hmm. just to see what their sort of expression of them was and they were all fantastic yeah. so I feel I like that herbal site. piney component yeah. really runs through the Rorick stuff and then I think depending on how the cellar is peoples can go in a different way or they just had no stainless steel um, from start to finish it was pressed I think I settled it for one night and into a stainless steel tank and then went to barrel right and, after and then how long in barrels we bottled it in March okay. so September to March yeah. six months I mean, and then you, you, we we have to talk about it's a very unique place to be growing Chardonnay. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, it's not like this is Carnero Chard or, you know, even, you know, Russian River or anything like that. No. So the fruit profile is nothing like, you know, I guess if we drank Chardonnay or if I drank Chardonnay that... I, I drink Chardonnay, so tell, tell me more, Bart. Well, no, <laughs> Brian, I'm saying I don't drink Chardonnay. So to me, something from, you know, Sonoma County, so to speak, would have a much brighter fruit expression yeah. where this is i think as you say maybe in a more adult or more concentrated um is, is it for me the, the, the granite soils granitic soils mm-hmm. is that the, the limestone 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 with a little schist a little schist right huh. on top i mean this it's is not a, of schist. a hugely fruity expressive no. version of chardonnay right. which is why i'm Totally, and and it'll be interesting you know i think when it's year yeah. 1 we don't really get to right? 
When it's year one with a pick, I don't think you're really fighting super hard for an exact pick day because we're still figuring out what this fruit is doing and we don't know exactly, exactly what we're looking for. So the first year I feel like is always a little bit of an experiment and I'm really interested to see over the next two, three, because we're business married, Mm -hmm. over the next few years (laughs) where this goes and where our our kind of like... impression of this points us towards uh because this year is going to be really interesting things are happening very quickly towards the end of harvest so i as we look at our notes and we might go have a meeting after this and see how we're gonna make wine this year but um uh now analyzing like do did we love this pick day do we want to go a little earlier do we you know we still have to have that conversation for the upcoming harvest and uh i'm thrilled for year one how this kind of turned out absolutely and it's nice to now see all of these wines after we bottled them in that march period Mm -hmm. now it's mid-july and so they've had that time in bottle where they've kind of like figured out where they are again you know i always hate tasting wines a month after you bottle because you're like what is this i don't remember this ever (laughs) tasting this way and then like you know that bottle shock period kind of subsides and you're like ah yes they settled back in into their new homes I was just going to say to clarify a little more about what I was saying to Brian is, you know, for the first 20 years of my winemaking experience, it was making Chardonnays that were more, you know, they they needed to have a a sense of oak. Mm. Um, It had to be um, it had to be a buttery ML. Um, you know, and, and it had to be, you know, a t- tropical fruit driven kind of, I mean, that's just what, what they were. And, right. and, and so therefore I was never a real big fan of those wines where this I'm really enjoying. And, and we, I pointed to the bottle of Chablis and it's just different. It's, it's a different. No, I of, totally agree. I'm, uh, you know, personally, I, I want to drink more wines like this and then professionally too, I want to pour put more wines like this in people's mouths because what do you want to do when you try this you want more yeah mm. the idea is that you don't want to overwhelm people with butter and oak and so that they're sort of full after right. the first class yeah. you want them to crave food or another glass of wine right and that's yeah. my like i think across any wines that i'm making for any of the projects this is that really food approachable wine and I mean I think I would cry if someone took a sip of my Chardonnay and said "Mm, butter as their first tasting now it would be like a dagger through my heart um not that there's anything wrong with those wines it's just not the type of wine I want to make you're so um kind diplomatic (laughs) yeah diplomatic uh yeah I I think you know I, I think both Jen and I when we were trying to kind of analyze what wines we wanted to make it's like well you know we want to make wines that we want to drink because if no one buys them at least we'll like them (laughs) (laughs) that's the best business model nougat i'm getting nougat oh yeah yeah yes what are those bars those nougat bars old school super Um, old school like with like the yeah, um, with like the image of like a European town on the little box. No, like, no, no, no. That no, was like a Christmas thing. I'm talking, talking this about. white, chewy yeah. stuff. Abba Zaba. Abba Zaba. Abba Zaba. You my only friend. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping there'd be a half reference today. There should be a half uh, reference every time. Sneak <laughs> one in every episode. But that's that's everything that y'all are saying about the Chardonnay is incredibly uh, kind and exactly Gracious what and we wanted. Thank you. Yeah, exactly what we wanted because I very much love white 
Burgundy, whether it's Chardonnay or Aligote. And I don't think that, you know, California is is not France. There is there is no way we're going to make the wines the exact same. Um, but I think the fact that there is concentration and there is complexity to this is all we really wanted. And we got that. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you. More wine. More wine. <laughs> All right, so this is the this is the bottle that we need to save a little bit of for Mike. Yeah, just I, this is. Um, Shout out to Todd. It's Noah's best. Yes, thank you, Todd, for also sponsoring with Lala Screamery, um, without knowing it. Um, so uh, this is a rosé of Sangiovese that I just bought literally Ooh. ten minutes ago um, on my way here as I was grabbing some lunch. Um, Nasseri Vineyard is up in Chico, and I make raft. Sangiovese from there and they are the sweetest family it's organically farmed so it's fun that I know a lot about this vineyard and in 2019 I actually happened to be there on this pick so I pick my Sangio really lean it always ends up around 22% alcohol and so he was picking this for rosé that day and I think they 22 bricks 22 bricks yes Oh no, no. A wine that Sarah can drink. 12% alcohol. Mm. I was hoping we'd bring back some fortified wines here today. That's the lot of trouble, Brad. That's a a whole lot of. (laughs) That's our spirits brand trademark right now. The label is just both of us passed out on your dad's couch. And Orrin Swift purchased the label. (laughs) Hey, Jen. Thanks to our wine sponsor, Orrin Swift. Can you talk about the uh, producers here? I. I think I've I remember seeing catch and release, and I know they do that one percent. Um, but I, other than mm-hmm. that, I don't know anything about them. So if you could add something to that, yeah. So it's Beno Beno Beno. I'm saying that right? Beno Beno. Sorry, Beno 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 Beno. <laughs> Better Beno. <laughs> now I don't know. Oh God. Um, That's okay. We'll look it up. Cool. Great. Um, lovely guy. Um, he's actually he made this vintage at Punchdown. I don't know if he's still there or not. Yes. Um, yes. He I is. can confirm. Okay. Confirm. Sarah actually just saw him this weekend. He came and did a tasting at Ruth Lewandowski Wine. <laughs> it all's mm-hmm. coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's again just kind of going that low intervention route. Um, I think working with fruit kind of all over California, kind of trying to find. Um, Find, find what fits, but I got to say, I do love his labels and his packaging so much across the board. They are quite a delight. Have we gone far enough in the industry where we don't have to make fun of people who pick wine for labels anymore and we can we can love people who pick yes. wine for labels? Yes. Because, listen, I, I especially now if a marketing team created your label and your branding packaging, uh, that's a different story, but I think you know what you're putting on your label for the world to see is as much of a message if it's coming from the winemaker as anything else and i think it's really fun Mm -hmm. it's just another layer of what you're trying to express and i i think it's pretty neat yeah it's your another arm of creativity for sure Exactly. I mean, we expect wine, small winemakers now to be scientists, vineyard managers, salespeople, social, songs, me- social media, media marketers. Ma- managers, marketers, branding, and winemakers. So, you know, it's just another thing you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish I was young and creative enough to have something <laughs> other than what my label is. <laughs> and I love my label, but, you know, I always think about something else, you mm-hmm. know. But, yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're right. You do have to kind of 
stretch yourself, right? Yeah. It's one of the things I get. There's two reasons why I get jealous of breweries. One, they have all year to make new beers. Like, yeah. they are experimenting if all they, the time. If they're sparkling whatever doesn't sparkle, they throw it away and start yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Drainage. No, they don't. They, they sh- just put a different label on it. They <laughs> and it's and it's Lagunitas drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> or And they also get to do new packaging all yeah. the time. And it's just like, we in the wine industry don't. We have one shot one year, like every year. And then, unless you're Scott label. Schultz of Jolie Lane, who puts a new label on every single year, <clears throat> and I just don't want to have to talk to the TTB that much. Yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> want them to be on speed dial. Too many change orders in your life. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I will say, working with on for our labels, being able to work with Jen's like childhood friend on this project was really really cool, and I think we got something pretty pretty neat out of it. And I love like when you have the different. Uh, colors around it it brings out different colors of the barn through each one which is yeah. really kind of fun it's all the yeah, same what is that what is that barn is that an actual barn yeah it's, it's the, the barn property? at rorick okay so this was like uh you know we go out there to do the pick and it's so far away we spend the night because they're very good friends of ours and they're very gracious and very hospitable so i think that pit that's uh, based off a photograph that i'm pretty sure was taken at like two o'clock in the morning after uh, a lot Much of bottles were opened harvest. and songs were danced and, and to like sort of uh maliciously like to see you trying to pick their grapes hung over the next morning oh, yeah. <laughs> God, i don't know if i've ever left that place not hung over but that's just a testament to how wonderful and kind they are Mm-hmm. And it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's painful. That was tasty. Yeah, it was it was herbal. I mean, it reminds me a lot of... It was interesting. Right when my Sangiovese starts fermenting, it has this kind of like tomato leaf note on yeah. it. And I'm getting yeah. that in this rosé as well. And then as my the Sangio spends more time on the skins, for me, it kind of moves... It keeps a little bit of that herbaceousness in the finished wine, but then it starts to bring in those like Bing cherry like tobacco leaf mm-hmm. kind of note that that the red wine it's quite savory it is savory yeah. it's it's like i i see you know talking about these vineyards and like the elemental qualities in the vineyards i'm seeing that beginning parts yeah, yeah. of that fermentation but yeah. yeah and let's let's celebrate the fact that it's a little bit different from yeah. anything else that oh 100 percent yeah. uh you know i think what's great about and uh, our circle at least is so many small producers making small lots and experimenting on so many things. Mm -hmm. And we have such a, uh, departure from a monoculture. I feel like it's, it's wonderful. And I work at a monoculture, so I appreciate you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. We love, we love working super, super hard to make four lots of 20 cases of wine. It's wonderful. (laughs) I I think between the three brands now, I think I have like 12 different, Mm-hmm. Skews, yeah, and that many varietals. You're doing it. It's fun, and it's not. Even and I'm your... adding more next year. And it's not even your day job. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's a slippery slope because uh, I think this unlabeled bottle in front of us is my twenty third or twenty fourth skew of twenty twenty one. Holy third hot dog! Third. And yeah, just did like it snowballs. It does. You know, we, we had Morgan on the show. Two or three weeks ago, yeah. I don't want to know how many skews he has. So I can't keep it's it's a slippery slope. Yeah, and twelve seems like Portuguese the place where you're going to start. Like you're going to yeah. you're going to find yourself at twenty next time you pull the van into this parking lot. Maybe it'll just be like instead of the table here, I'll be like, well, we have to move this to the van because all Open the wines the are in there. Door, <laughs> well, and what's 
funny is for for Little Trouble, we're working with, you know, Jen and I are both big fans of alternative varieties as much mm-hmm. as traditional. And it's it's funny to me that we're working with very traditional varieties, right. very like heritage varieties. But then when we talk about what we want to make, it's like Lagrine and Aligote and, yeah. uh, you know, Canary Island varieties. And we're like, oh, it's great. We'll just go on vacation. We'll get some budwood. We'll bring it back. We'll plant it somewhere. So there's some big, big plans. Big plans <laughs> for s- lots of skews. We're, I'm not going to rest until Jen Reichardt is making 67 different ones. <laughs> I'm just here to make sure you don't sleep anymore in great. your whole life. Fantastic. Let's, let's have a raft wine. Okay. I know one of the rare people that actually is living her best life on Instagram. Most people, they're like taking pictures of, you know, those special anniversary birthday moments. Jen is actually, you follow her on Instagram, it's pretty fucking close to what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She's (laughs) spilling wine at the moment currently. (laughs) It mostly landed on your own phone, so (laughs) I'm not going to worry about it. I'm ruining the marketing machine here. Um, Well, thank you guys. That's very nice. Um, It is, it's a lot of life. But it's good for the most part. And I guess um, for the sake of those of you, if you're not following along with Duck Daughter JJ on Instagram <laughs> or have listened to the past episodes that you've been on, mm-hmm. um, do you want to give the like 30,000 foot uh, The Reader's Digest version? The Reader's Digest. Di- yeah, exactly. Sure, absolutely. A little absolutely. bit of liberty and... So if you've heard me talk before, you can kind of just like press that 30 second fast forward thing starting now. Um, My family's been raising ducks in California since 1901 and my dad split off in 1992 to start Liberty Ducks, which is the reason behind the duck daughter kind of persona that has evolved over the last few years. Um, Actually, I've had that Instagram account since 2011 before like Instagram was even really a thing. Um, And... We sell our ducks into restaurants predominantly into California, but also ship outside state lines into Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, um, and occasionally, when we're lucky, New York City. Um, Wait, is there Liberty Duck in Vegas? Not right now. Okay. There's oh, you're Liberty Duck. Du- you're just planning more vacations, aren't you? We just went to we Vegas. We were in Vegas last week. Viva Las Vegas. For th- I was there for 30 hours. Sarah was there for a little bit You longer. were there for the right amount of time. Right amount that of time. That is actually like the perfect <laughs> amount. If you don't have a specific like work-related event... To be in Las Vegas for 30 is... Yes. 32 is too Let many. Let me tell you, going to a too, pool... Too many. Going to a pool one day, amazing. The third day at the pool, it gets a little tough. Yeah. Gets yeah. a little tough. Um, no, I'm... You have a hard time metabolizing alcohol. Yeah. I'm <laughs> pining great, for the um, recently reopened or redeveloped or opened uh, Spago, Las mm, Vegas. Mm-hmm. It is over the Bellagio Fountains, so that's where their patio is. I looked through the window and I was like, next time. Going in there. So if you're listening, that was at Spago, Las Vegas. <laughs> um, so in 2011, I worked my first harvest here in Sonoma Valley and kind of been a decade now in the wine industry. And in 2016, started Raft Wines to be able to go back, work with the duck farm and kind of pursue my passion of making wine as well. So and that's when we met. That was when we met. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yep. I met her. And like a month later, I said, hey, I think I was going to start my own brand. She's like, okay, <laughs> what do I need to do? I'm in. <laughs> Let's take some really long car rides. Yeah. Um, so that is the Reader's Digest version. So this, and, and that was at Literai? Uh, the first harvest was at Beard Cone here in Sonoma. For you, For correct. me, yeah. And then in 2011, Literai. Great, like, great harvest. <laughs> it was, uh, like, you know, we've, we've topped it with worst harvests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't, can't. 
can't even say it's the worst one. <laughs> Talking about Chardonnay, I watched a Chardonnay vineyard in the valley just disintegrate Melt. overnight. I went out and sampled it kind of pre-rain, and then he was like, it was Todd Montgomery at the time still, and he was like, go out and sample it again. And I was like, called him, there's, there's nothing left. And it was like, oh, so sad. Um, but nothing pickable at all. Um, so yes, that was first harvest, then really run quick through, then it was Litteri, then Chile, then Fred Scherer, then Australia, then Lioko Ceratos Blend, then Cruise, and then Raft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 You two were at, at Bjorkan or at Litteri? Neither. Yeah, it was a little intermezzo, uh, if yeah, you will. Yeah. A little short-lived one. We were working for uh, Ross Cobb mm -hmm. uh, for just a little while. Jen was um, helping with some production, and I was helping with some sales. And we both ended up spending quite a lot of time at the vineyard um, out on the coast. And uh, our friendship blossomed. A friendship blossomed, <laughs> and Jen invited me to go to casino for dinner with her and and Mike. And it was. Love it. Love was it, it a weeknight or a weekend night? Oh, week God. Week, okay. Weekend, right? Well, I think it was like, it might have been Holly a Friday. Holly or Taller or Mark Oh, it was, was a Mark, Mark, Mark Malecki night. But it wasn't a particularly busy night, and we just like, I, Mike brought some bottles, we brought some bottles, and Sarah was like the first friend that it was our friend, not my friend from before, Mike's friend from before, mm -hmm. so she's collectively our friend yes <laughs> i'm both of yours best yours is this. Mm -hmm. but it's wonderful and I, I gotta say you know now bring it back to mike working with ruth jen and i doing little trouble mm -hmm. we'll all be spending some time we're um all our little trouble and at all mike and jen's project we'll be up at hassett lane where we make ruth lewandowski this year so it's really like all we need to do is turn one bin into a hot tub and we've got like my dream it's well, gonna there. be. It's going to be uh, pending. No, don't major, say it. I'm, I don't was like, I was it. gonna say, I'm not gonna no. jinx it. It's going to be nice. Great year. It's going to be nice. Every time, every morning that I wake up and it's foggy, I just like there's this sigh of relief. That Absolutely. Like, one less day, that shit could get weirder. Of yeah. terror. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Today was a beautiful morning. Today's been a beautiful day, actually. If you yeah. weren't lucky enough to be in Sonoma right now, I it's 75 and breezy. Ugh, so yeah. Nice. Even, you know, this, like, heat wave that we had over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, we were sort of on the edge of it. Like, it was terrible, if, you know, 107 in Calistoga. You know, Sacramento, Calistoga, but, yeah. like, this little bubble kind of around the bay. Wow, on cue. What is it? Is that drugs? The wind. No, the wind, wind. picked up. No. It was a plastic baggie blowing away. <laughs> Sorry. That's Weather. That's where I go. Um, the sea, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as advertised, is what I'm trying to say yeah. for us. Um, and we kind of had that even on those nights where the fog didn't come in. There was a, you could kind of like smell the fog on the breeze a little bit, like just enough. That to cool kind of, maritime air. Yeah, mm -hmm. or just based, you know what Petaluma lives in <laughs> considerably yeah. amount more than we do. Well, for little trouble, Jen and I ran into some frost with our Chardonnay after Memorial Day, and well, then we have these big heat events. Yeah. So it's it's just already been a pretty wonky year. So if the mm -hmm. universe can just let us have like four four steady say, weeks like from now, month, yeah. like if we can just ride out the next month. That'd be great. You know, it's a, when when you're this small and you're starting out, it's it is it's hard to grow because you're trying to elbow your way into vineyards that you want to work with and trying to get a little bit more volume, uh, a scooch at a time. So expansion can be 
challenging, challenging. Mm-hmm. you end up finding new grapes and therefore making new skews and yeah. yes then yeah. the kind of that yeah snowball effect snowball <laughs> exactly yeah what are you guys it's looking a at a little for, trouble at a time what are you anticipating for let's say date for your first pick this year oh god well, fuck you brian <laughs> i don't want to say they're having a meeting after this they well, said i want to start the meeting we've been resisting i don't know if you feel this way and maybe you've had a conversation with jeff but i i am a little bit like i feel almost avoidant like I'm hesitant to even reach out to Matthew and be like how's it looking out yeah. there because I'm scared to know what the answer is going to be I Tuesday. think Stampede yeah. is yeah. going to be up here pretty quick yeah um, we're working with say. a new vineyard up on Bradford Mountain in Dry Creek Valley not necessarily new Jen has worked with this vineyard in the past I, it's making Jen's, a transition from Raft to Little Trouble yes Jen has worked with this mm-hmm. for Raft I've worked with it for Killer Quail and now we'll be working with it for Little Trouble um, and Sarah's the reason why I worked with Gris in the first place so it only seemed appropriate it's to, my favorite place it is a magical um, mountainside and so even that like I feel like both the grower Woody uh Hambricht and us are too scared to have the conversation so we're just avoiding phone calls at this point I'm going to start looking at vineyards again now I know but you guys this is good <laughs> you don't for the want record, everything coming in on the same day you want to stretch come in like this on the out day, right seven four weeks yeah uh, our Sangiovese on Sonoma Mountain is purple Oh, oh my god how many percentage purple uh, i just that was it came from isabel i haven't gotten out there yet. i'm gonna try and go up there this it's week. just the yeah. purple it's just, just the purple just, monster emoji yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. thumbs down yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty much that's yeah. what i'm wearing my definitely like everybody said so there was a tension i don't know if you felt this brian but you've made wine but you just picked it when you just got it when we told you you got it <laughs> um, there's up. definitely like saying that about a vineyard at 700 feet on Sonoma Mountain mm-hmm. in July 13th. Yeah. So, terrifying. That is kind of how I'm feeling. I mean, I've picked my San Giovese in August multiple times. My Viognier, the earliest has come in, is August 14th. So I'm like, I am really looking at these like last final weeks. Um, but I, I was down in... Um, like Los Alamos, kind of Santa, Santa Maria area this weekend, and they're like, it's behind for us. Yeah. So it's really interesting that climates, like they're couple producers are talking to you were saying that they're looking at a normal I'm using air quotations here start point so I don't I don't know I don't know but it was considerably cooler there this weekend than it was everywhere else as well so I don't think they've gotten quite as blasted by some well of these they might waves. have even got more water than we got this year also down there yeah they might have possible my saving grace is the Leightonville property, which I feel like is never going to be super early, which is nice. But I feel like this, this year, this is a perfect is it Alder time. Springs or Alder Springs. Yeah, okay. yeah, Alder Springs. So this oh. is this is killer quail. This killer quail. The killer quail. Uh, which she did not make last year, but she's coming back with a vengeance. I did not make last year because it felt like a year where let's not make our lives harder and Jen and I needed to make sure that our business marriage was going to go very well, uh, and it's just going swimmingly. Um, like a duck. Like, like, a, like Jen, a this wine is amazing, by the way. Thank you. So yeah, I much. feel like we're really glossing over yeah. something that I just drank uh, the whole glass. Right. Of. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 2019. Uh, I'm never gonna hear about Killer Quail. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> the I'm suspense. just gonna tease it out. The suspense of what? Killer, that's how we get people to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Narrowgate Vineyard Grenache, certified Demeter Biodynamic, um, 25% whole cluster. 
tasty. A beautiful yeah. wine. I love it. It's it's too okay. So in my lineup, it's my Pinot replacement because I don't make a Pinot Noir. Um, unfortunately, they don't have enough for me this year, so I'm not making it in 2021. What does that mean? Who else stepped in? Um, no one. They're just expanding their program a little bit more, making a rosé, and then have per kind of the lack of water of lower yields. How than dare they, they make him. more of their own wine? I know. it's. He's like, you're on my short list of one. I'm literally like, other than his daughter who has um, Lady of the Sunshine down in, in um, Lompoc and her husband Scar of the Sea, I'm the only person that he sells to. I'm part of the family. Do you want to give the phone number so our listeners can call and complain? Uh, no. <laughs> no, actually, if your <laughs> listeners are up in El Dorado, you should definitely go up there for a tasting appointment or visit. It's I don't, so pretty. I don't know if they're open yeah. just walk-ins now again, um, but it is such a magical site. And biodynamic vineyards, I feel like, do have that little bit of magic to them where it's just there's a lot of biodiversity. I mean, they have the cows on property for the preparations. There's tons of wildflowers. There's, like, butterflies and bugs. And you just feel the vibrancy and life of the vineyard. Um, but I love that it, it's got this, like, incredible rose petal note and this, like, flowering thyme and herbal yeah. and... Yeah. red raspberry yep. and what i love about grenache as a varietal in general is that there's no really like preconscribed notion of what grenache has to be like it's between grenache from spain or the grenache from australia or like the many different iterations you see across california it's just like a really versatile and interesting varietal that i think people make in a lot of cool ways you know it shows style obviously but grenache the the sense of the vineyard and what you're going to do with the wine because of the vineyard that it comes from it is what you know just it jumps out it's it's accessible you know we can talk about terroir and cabernet or pinot noir all you want but if you're not somebody you know if you're new to wine if you, and, you know we've said this a thousand times on the show we're <laughs> grenache heads clearly um <laughs> if you're if you're new to wine you can sit down with three Grenaches from this, you know, we'll do it at 16600. It's the same vineyard. It's the same producer. It's the same vintage. They're clearly different wines. Totally. We didn't do anything different. Um, you know, if, if you, yeah, that doesn't uh, happen at Silver Oak. Right. <laughs> this segment well, sponsored by Silver Oak. No, we, <laughs> that we, kind of we just had this conversation. I'm training employees right now. And, and that was one of the conversations that happens is, you know, there's, there's things that we pour at the hotel, like you guys, that you can take three different vintages of the same vineyard, same winemaker, same everything, and then you can you can you know other things that we pour. You can take this three vintages, same vineyard, same winemaker, and mm-hmm. some taste different and some taste the same. And there's a reason for it because mm. shit's different. Yeah, You're not supposed to blend the fuck out of it until it tastes the same every shit's fucking year. Shit'sdifferentwines.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and and. <laughs> And and you know, um, uh, in in those larger wineries, their focus is not telling the story of the vintage. Mm -hmm. Their their job is to give a consistent wine year in year out because Mm -hmm. that's what their customers are looking for. Protect the brand. Yeah, Yeah. domain driven versus site driven. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which there's, I think like they're just two different approaches. I don't know if any either is like the right or wrong way, but. I love showing off this vineyard because it is so magical and so special. And they're so nice. They're so Farmer Frank. Shout out to Farmer Frank. Um, and but don't you think it's it's? I don't think it's coincidence that everyone we work with together, I work with, you work with, 
are just incredibly like kind and sweet people. Mm -hmm. I I think when it comes to choosing what vineyards you work with, of course, the site is so important. Farming is so important, but also just having good relationships with the owners and working with people that you genuinely enjoy and yes. care as much as you do. It, it you it goes into the wines. Yep. Yeah. We have fun. We have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I know he was he was almost sad to call and tell me, but. I still have one of his bins from last year, so I'm going to go still pay him a visit. That's nice. Yeah. Hold it hostage. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a bin bring, of Grenache. Bring the bin up, fill it up, and then <laughs> bring it home. <laughs> um, but I, I never said I would. I am actually adding a Pinot Noir vineyard. What? I know. Well, you make Chardonnay now. I know. I love. brand new French oak barrels. Yeah, you know, just going going downhill. Um, no, Wait, I'm really we're excited. making cab this year? What? <laughs> I actually did make a cab last year. <laughs> and it tastes great. I made mean, actually from the Narrowgate Vineyard, the same as the Grenache Vineyard. Um, it, you know, I was, I'd already made the decision that I wasn't going to pick either of my Syrah sites. Um, so I quickly was learn losing red wine um, volume. And mm. the Narrowgate Vineyard was like, I got, I got a little bit extra cab this year. Do you want a bin? And actually we picked it up on our way from, they're not nearby neighbors, from Murphy's we went to Placerville and then came back to the winery. So that was the same day, round tri trip extravaganza. What are you guys listening to on the on the on these trips? Front of house. On the on our on Ceremony. our road trips. Um well yeah, actually, what, kind of Sarah, music? what were we listening to on that road trip in which we Well Jen's the driver, Sarah's the so DJ glad map. that we asked. Well, yeah, you know for the most part. What's funny is Jen and I could not and and Please feel free to interject if, if you feel differently, <laughs> but I really do feel like the wines we enjoy drinking, the decisions we make in the cellar are really, really lined up. And then who we are as people as far as like music, books, movies, all those things quite different. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I think we, you know, we East Coast, West Coast, it's, uh, I'm wearing all black, Jen Tupac is adorable, like, I'm we've got, we're very different. <laughs> we we have very similar uh, wine opinions, but we're very different people, which I think is wonderful. And so I was really bludgeoning Jen over the head with my, like, emo sad girl rock the whole way to, <laughs> the whole way to this vineyard. Wait, and which is what? Well, okay, so there's a, a brand I really enjoy, uh, or a brand, oh my gosh, there's a singer I really love called uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Phoebe, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please please call us. Uh, I've unfortunately learned that she doesn't drink very much, and it's not wine when she does, but uh, so we were listening to a, a Phoebe Bridgers, um, Connor Oberst from a brand called Bright Eyes. I... See, all everyone, any sad person we're around hitting, the country knows Bart's who Connor Oberst is. Oh, you know what? It, that's exactly what it was. South by Southwest mm -hmm. at uh, at Willie's Ranch, and the guy just like brought a tear to my eye. That's exactly, and that's yeah. then he did his job. Then he was paid his money that night because that's what he's supposed to do. So they have a band to together called Better Oblivion Community Center. And they have a song. I know, guys. I know. <laughs> and he has, they have a song called Little really Trouble. The they have a song called Little Trouble. And I put it on for us while we're driving in the car. And, you know, like I said, we're just driving around looking for 
anything to call this brand because Best Friends Wine Co. wasn't going to cut it. And probably taken. Probably, probably ta- taken. Very likely taken. And then... Uh, Not trademarking it right now. Tap this- that, no take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but this song came on and I think we both, uh, our ears perked up and we both kind of... Well, we saw it, it sitting there on the, the screen, you know, in the van and it was Little Trouble. And we're like, oh, Little, little Trouble Wine. Little Oh, there's that kind of ring to it. Yeah. And so on the label, the the lyrics kind of go, hey, little trouble, what are you doing tonight? And so we have the what you doing tonight on the label itself. But I kind of akin that to Sarah and her Phoebe Bridger sad girl moment. And then I'm the Jess from New Girl like, hey, girl, what you doing? Yeah. Uh, That's that is the we both have our versions of uh, (laughs) what this means to us. But depending on who it is. Did you actually like the song? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I do. I do. I I, I do like. And the song. she's coming to concert to the Greek theater in October, and I'm probably going to drag Jen Reichardt harvest, to this harvest present. Exactly, and we're going to present her with some wines and be like, "What if instead of suing us over this, you just become our best friend? Right. How about that? How about a, that? A la Phil Katuri. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But so that that is how little little trouble came to be. So yes, I am. So the music choices were actually very important yeah. on the road trip yeah. too. So we were the... listening to a balance of uh, sad girl, sad girl, soft rock, modern day Lilith Fair uh, type songs, and Jennifer Reichardt's sunshine music. <laughs> Katrina and the waves. Out. Yeah. <laughs> But Maybe a podcaster too. Oh yeah. Well, Some you know, stories. we spend a lot of time in the Sprinter together. Whether it's us driving out, you know, I, I think when you're a small brand starting out, finding fruit in Sonoma and Napa is just not really an option. Like it's Mendocino, it's Lodi, it's the foothills. It's it's you've got to kind of put some miles between you and home to get to really gorgeous fruit that you love the farming and can afford. So we have spent a lot of time in the sprinter and that has meant like I wish I could add up how many sandwiches, bags of like dill pickle chips and Mm, songs we have listened to. uh, Hamburgers. Oh, we did. We did have a a whole a whole summer of trying to figure out which roadside stands on our routes had the best burgers and fries. School ones. I have to say, very commonly unsalted. Yeah. Unsalted fries in the in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If anyone from the Central do you Valley think is listening could, to this podcast. Do you think that's because of what they're dipping it in? <laughs> and that is. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't. Listen. Ranch dressing. I don't want to see how the ketchup. sausage is made. No, I don't want to see like how my a, fries are salted. If it's like salted. a roasted garlic aioli, maybe you don't need as oh, much no, salt. Oh, no. We're not talking it anywhere where mm. they have a roasted oh, garlic no, 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 aioli. Heinz no, or. No. Yep. <laughs> Heinz. We're talking. Or, these burgers are four ninety nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. No. So did you? California Central Valley Burger Report. Is there? Is there was no winner. Actually, there was. You know what? I think the burger I enjoyed. I I have not found the fry place, but the old the W. Right next, next to, to Stampede. Stampede. So I don't know. Uh, Jeff would be more the the narrator of the story. We're going to wait till cherry season. Yeah. Jeff yeah. on the show. I think that's really smart. Um, there was an original, something to do with the origins of A&W, the, you know, root beer and burgers and everything. Uh, there's just the W. Yeah. <laughs> it's out near, uh, in Clemens Hills. And Jeff sent us there to get some burgers. And this was during COVID. And I've never gotten so many dirty looks in my life as, wearing Jen, a mask. as Jen and I wear. Wearing our mask, walking up to this stand. It was... uh, This was July of last year, too, and stuff was still really unknown and kind of scary. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and we were trying to find on this road trip. We got we got really uh, stink eyes for wearing masks to the burger place. We got um, kicked out of almost every swimming hole we tried to go to. We couldn't it was get in hot, anywhere, and so they were all too crowded. So eventually, we weren't a local. Yeah, yeah exactly. Probably. So we found an overpass on the highway over a little like ag runoff river that we jumped into. Not joking. Yeah. We parked in a Kmart and went into the river. How did it smell? <laughs> Not bad. There were people fine. floating down it. That's what that was our cue. My brother's a whitewater Live rafting people guy. Floating down it. Yeah. Okay. And we saw this this trailer full of rafts. This isn't and the so we're like, well, people are getting out there, so we might be able to just dip our toes in there. And yep. that is how we found this spot. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I feel like little trouble is maybe an understatement. Traveling <laughs> 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 through California. Listen, the day we have to get one of you to bail us out, we'll yeah. call it big trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I usually keep my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> lawyer on retainer. <laughs> but it is, you know, for as much time as we have to spend in the car and as much time we have to spend in the cellar, like we we truly do have a great time doing it you know we're in the cellar whether we're in there for six hours or one and we're grabbing takeout and the dogs are running around like it's wonderful it's best on a saturday when there's no one else around and we can mm-hmm. just run free yeah by I the like way your dog is you. still alive somewhere right oh jack's oh, jack's found the, the final head of the seat. table king's chair mm-hmm. okay oh yeah. yeah just don't touch him <laughs> um, can we talk a, a second about this san josephian uh Syrah that yeah, you yeah 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 it's got sure. this like black olive thing going on it's it's got old world flavors through and through um thank you that is exactly what i hope people want will want to say um this wine so the weed farms syrah is the wine that raft was started with um sally weed the proprietress is an old family friend and she always said when you're ready let me know so in 2016 we went out there and she's like so here's the thing only about half of the vineyard got pruned last year. We're really kind of like winding down the vineyard side of things. I was like, whatever, let's do it. So got a bunch of friends out there 2016. We picked everything we could, um, and I've just been kind of evolving with it ever since. Um, so every year I always took a chunk of the stems home, dried them out, and add them back in halfway through. And the reason why I don't add them in right away is that I pick this around 21.5 bricks um, the vineyard gets no spray whatsoever, organic or otherwise. She has endangered coho, coho salmon that spawn in the creek. I remember the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if not, coho steelhead. Um, so it's really a, a beautiful kind of like fertile ground for these fish. And so she doesn't want any runoff to go into the, the stream at Good all. Um, and she's created a lot of ponds and stuff to, to really kind of encourage the spawning. Um, so it's... Since 2015, there's been nothing added to it. So the vineyard, I think, at this point has just really, like, equalized itself. You know, the yields are really low, but it's balanced. Um, the vines are doing just what they can do. We're not pushing them any is further it, than is that. Is it irrigated or is it dry farmed? Dry farmed. Um, so it gets pruned. It gets mowed. Guy goes through and, and leaves it out. But it's in a really blustery valley um, in Dry Creek. And so it, it really kind of stays dry. And it's amazing. I've had... Very few problems with mil- some spring mildew that, you know, presents in kind of some stunted growth later on, but nothing around harvest time. Um, so in 2019, I wanted to play around a little bit with fresh stems. And so I actually, by weight, I destemmed everything, weighed out the stems, put 50% green in and 50% 
dried. took home, mm. dried, and added those in. So it pushed that envelope of the stem and herbaceous quality. Yeah. Um, had I been able to make the wine in 2020, I might have dialed it back a little bit, closer to like 60, 40 perhaps. Um, and just kind of like tinkered it from there. But it's been so fun to really just like lean into that style. And I think of any of the wines that I make, and we talk a little bit about terroir with the Grenache, but because there's no spray, it's otherwise unaltered. I do think like you smell the vineyard through and through. Like there's Penny mm-hmm. Royal out there. There's mint. There's bay. There's eucalyptus. There's violet. There's blackberry. And like that is the wine yeah. through and through. It's really good. Thank you. It's gone. Um, Does this get um, any VO? uh, It did not get any VO in 2019. Every other year it had gotten a little bit of Viognier and maybe like that 2 to 5 percentage mark, but um, I didn't do it in 2019 and I I really liked it. Um, It's incredible how aromatic this wine is. And I know we talked about sort of this ode to old world. It has this Mm -hmm. real like suo quality to it where it's very um beautifully fruit driven and savory at the same time like they're almost the a sides the 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 hits and the b sides are almost like competing with Mm -hmm. each other and to me that is a very like classic producer northern i love this wine i love her stress full of full of fun no it's not opulent everything's in check everything is so balanced on this wine i fucking love it Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a very serious it's ready for some and lamb. very fun wine. It's, it's a very serious wine. Yeah. Oh, lamb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was the a face was made. Forming. There was a face This made. is my like game friendly wine. Yeah, like duck for and sure. lamb and venison. Oh, you eat duck? Sorts of things. And, not sometimes. Mm. How do you cook that? Well, you know, I'm writing a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> great segue. How's that going? I'm almost professional. <laughs> Oh, it's going great. So, yeah, uh, Liberty Ducks was approached actually now probably two and a half years ago by a local company called Cameron and Company um, to create this cookbook. Um, And at the time, just didn't really have the aware with the bandwidth, all of it. Um, But then kind of midway through last year, he was like, hey, reaching out again, what do you think? And because we have been doing so much more retail sales through COVID and now that's part of our program um i do think that like the cookbook is a fun and exciting thing so we're getting a lot of our chefs i can't say all of them because it would be a thousand page cookbook but a lot of our chefs from people that we've been working with total flex yeah (laughs) well no i mean recipes are long like there's some self-preservation there like you don't want to have to edit some of these people yeah Yeah, no so it's about 80% chef-driven and then some of our, like, home kind of tried-and-true classics um, to come out next year in wait, celebration. Wait, what? you're missing the best part. Oh, Sarah's going to be a cookbook writer. She, or a recipe writer. going to be published. <laughs> <laughs> She's contributing as well. Um, but, yeah, next year is Liberty Duck's 30th anniversary. So it is kind oh. of... The, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, we survived. Oh, we're gonna have a party. Oh, we are. Now we've got a cookbook release party for all of them. Oh, that's exciting. There's gonna be lots of anniversary. I gotta say, happening. Jen Reichart comes with comes with good parties. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sarah's family has a. Um, so the, the cookbook's broken up into you know different parts of your meal. So th- we're doing a charcuterie section, kind of soup, salads, um, small plates, mains, and actually a dessert section, which people aren't 
necessarily expecting, which I think is the most part. Sarah's really? going to be my little sweet tooth recipe in there. Yeah, t- talk about duck desserts. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, duck eggs and duck fat are just such great vessels, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's a fat that's inherently so flavored, which is amazing. And my mother's side of the family for generations and generations had a candy shop in the Midwest, and so we our family is in interfamily famous for these uh, hard caramels that oh my god of slave labor as a child like wrapping these things and making these things so Jen has you were, you were, what you're saying is you were well suited for the wine industry yeah, exactly <laughs> just Juice condition very monotonous frustrating tasks oh yeah that, yeah that's a good transition uh, but so Jen has challenged me to incorporate um, duck fat into these caramels and I think they're going to be a real treat but you're going to have to help yeah. me like wrap these things. yes oh so deliciously decadent. I know. <laughs> like over the top. Yeah, yep. totally. Yeah, so the dessert section is like, you know, duck egg creme brulee kind of duck fat pie oh crust. God. These caramels. But that's the thing is, I mean, what other protein, you know, I feel like like pigs and ducks are the only two things I can think of where every inch of it is just delicious. decadent and delicious yeah. and, and easy. I didn't know how easy it was to prep so many various aspects of duck until I met Jen, which has been a real bonus. (laughs) Real bonus over the years. I will say, yeah, my first, like, spend too much money at the beginning of COVID on a whole bunch of Liberty Duck. I was like, holy shit. Yep. And, you know, it wasn't, it made me feel like I was pretty good in the kitchen. I was like, oh yeah, I could, oh look at, I got check marks across the breast skin. Uh I did the confit, Mm -hmm. cooked down the fat. Check, check, check. It's not... Don't be intimidated. I'm still intimidated by duck eggs. I'm sure. Not, I haven't quite gotten... I have... Somebody gave me some and they shamefully sat in my fridge for too long. Let them hatch. That was like, let them hatch. Let them hatch. They're great for baking. Well, yeah, and I got to... I'm not a... That's my... Surprisingly not that good at baking. <laughs> I find people who are good at baking and good at building Ikea furniture are the same oh, kind of people. Fucking terrible at Ikea fu- yep, furniture. See? Great at it. Great at baking. Horrible at everything yeah, else. You, got, but you definitely have to follow reading, directions. Reading directions yeah. and follow <laughs> but when you're when you're a, again a small producer and it's startup, you know we there may be some equipment that Jen and I don't have, and I think a good example of that is we had to borrow a hand labeler from uh, Michael Cruz. Thank you, Michael. And so when this we when we sponsored by Cruz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you know it's a very barter driven industry, and I just. There's a little wind out of my sails when I'm like, well, I can get you some cases of Modelo. I can bring over some, you know, I've got a fridge full of Aligote. And Jennifer Reichardt walks in with your weight and duck breast. And I'm like, well, we'll let her do the trades. It's more valuable. It's, it's, that's very Sonoma County. Yeah, it is just it's like very hand. Sonoma County. I learned County. from my dad, like, when I was a kid, he would just come home with the coolest stuff. I'm like, where'd that from? Well, I trade for it. <laughs> you know, he was doing these events at, like, Cake Bread Cellars with all these chefs from around the country. Well, I trade for it. Don't, don't mm-hmm. tell the IRS. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Small enough, no one will notice. <laughs> I'm going to revisit. I'm going to revisit our own wine. All right. When I was a kid, we used to get to go to my my uncle, the bail bondsman, used to take us to the A's game every year. And we always had... Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, and we, always had, we always had these great, great seats up in the skybox and I always carried in the ice chest full of abalone. Oh, wow. That went to a guy that may or may not have been a judge somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that, that's Sonoma County of Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, you know, I did <laughs> no, we And did, we, we never saw him again. We did the same thing at Dishmir. The guys would come from um, from out of the coast doing abalone diving, and then we would trade them for free dinners. They'd stop on the way on the I, way I back into town. At a time, there was a lot of things traded for abalone around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, now if you did that, yeah. your head would be... Right. <laughs> You worry more about the game warden than the IRS agent, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam, let's talk about should we, this. Should we, uh, Shiner. Oh. So this is Secret Cellar Wine? This is Secret Cellar Wine. <clears throat> this is um, the, you know, the... Ooh, the color. The She's rich. She's rich. Largesse of Enterprise Vineyards is, you know, we grow grapes for all these different people, and the way that 16600 happens sometimes is there's some wine left over for us. So this is um, Oakville Ranch 2019 Cabernet Franc, uh, made by Jen LaRue at at Oakville Ranch. What? They were going to, you know, they blended this for their, their, you know, their flagship wine and had two barrels left over. Uh, so I did like forty some odd cases. No, about stupid ways of adding skews, Jen. Um, <laughs> Wait, this is one hundred percent Cabernet. One hundred percent Cabernet from, from, Oakville. from, from Oakville Ranch. So excited. Those are like the grapes that go to ding, ding, ding. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. And, and go get yes, three, three points. You know, triple digit scores. Did we already say vintage? Nineteen. 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 Yeah. I went to the taste of <gasps> color. Bottled like a month and a half ago. Oh, nice. I the ar- aromatics. Sorry, Jen. No, it's okay. The aromatics are... That's enough said. It's Cap Franc. Yeah, it's Cap Franc. There's no denying that's Cap Franc. I went to the Taste of Oakville probably like circa 2011. I've only been that one time. You know, you go- start going through all these amazing producers, people you hear about your mm-hmm. entire career. Um, and it, t- it kills me that I can't remember, but I just remember getting to one person and they had Cab Franc and my brain know. exploded <laughs> because at the, t- you know, all the wines, I, I but they started tasting the same, you know, they're yeah. all got this really rich yeah. new Oak program and they were all fairly young wines. And so you're just kind of getting a little bit of palate fatigue there. And then the Cab Franc came along and it was like, ding, 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 ding. And I've loved it ever since. It's like going to Champagne and tasting Von Claire all day. It's like, this is the most amazing experience of my life, but at a certain point, my mouth hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I can't taste anymore. God, this is so aromatic. I think I, w- I was at an Oakville tasting four years ago, five years ago. I think your dad was actually speaking at it. Yeah, he spoke at a few of those tastings. And, um, and yeah, the, the line forms at Screaming Eagle, like... As right. soon as the the, the doors yeah, open, they run it's out like, within a half and hour. trade people are already like thirty deep on the table. Um, but thank God I was with your dad. So you got some. So what you're saying is you got some screaming eagle. Uh, I got to try everything. <laughs> the one time I went, I hit all the snack tables really hard. <laughs> Priorities. I love a free cheese. They spend some money on snacks over. There. Oh, yeah, great snacks. Yeah, love a snack spread. This is great. I. Can't take a whole lot of credit for it other than pulling the trigger on buying it. Um, but this will, you know, this is, this was a decision made this spring in, you know, knowing that we don't have a whole lot of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of figure out how to stretch some, stretch some things. So we'll have this as a, you know, probably won't release it until next spring is my guess. Yeah. This is great. This, is a, this is a great different wine for you guys. 
I really love, I was going to say, I really love the structure because it's one of those things where like, not only can you taste a little bit of that graphite-y cab front quality, but you can feel it a little bit as well. And it's not that it's super bitter phenolics or anything like that. It's, it's very well integrated and it's only going to get softer, but you can tell that this is structurally going to a place that balances the intensity of flavor so well. It's really, really cool. Can you fit in a job describing all of my wines for me, please? <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> really your, good at it. Already full. Yeah, as long docket. as you want all your flavor descriptors to be full of things that you can find at a gas station, then absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Wasabi I wish peanuts. I was joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wine descriptions by Florida natives. Yeah. <laughs> for 1,000, please, Alex. Well, Jen and I's descriptions, especially the piquettes, are like, you know that feeling you get when you hear the first song from the ice cream truck on summer when you're eight? That's all of our wine descriptions. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, a fresh is- sunburn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ouch. That was the Chardonnay piquette. Yeah. <laughs> fresh sunburn. Mm-hmm. Good tan line. It's like a, a honeydew sunburn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully somebody's taking notes. Honeydewsunburnwines.com. <laughs> Watermelon sugar. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> well, then uh, we we decided to do a little video of us going through the wines and tasting them and doing some descriptors because that's always more fun than just a, a text sheet. And I listened through and I'm like, oh my god, this is 45 minutes long. I need to edit this down. It was challenging. There was a lot of gems. There was a blooper reel. There was a full blooper reel. Uh, Most of it was the blooper reel. And I think the fact that we both had to have at least two glasses of wine to have the nerve to sit down and do it probably Mm -hmm. helped a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jen Reichardt is a very Wait, natural can we, and eloquent public speaker. Wait, where can I need we, a little liquid Where can we find these videos? <laughs> Let's see. The bloopers The bloopers are on the Little Trouble oh, the Instagram. First. Yeah, the bloopers it, are I on mean, the Little Trouble fair, Instagram. I mean, to be definitely more fun. I don't know if we've even uploaded the tastings yet. Maybe we'll do we that. Not <laughs> By the time you hear this, we may have found enough Wi-Fi to upload the 40-minute yeah, tastings. Yeah. Well, it takes, takes a minute. We did, like, a Reader's Digest version of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, trying to get both of us to talk about one wine under 15 seconds is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> currently, I believe you can find, yes, under, on Little Trouble Wine Co. Instagram, there is a mm-hmm. highlight called Fun. Okay. <laughs> Our marketing team came up with that. That's the bloopers. Give them a raise. Yeah. <laughs> Doing a great job. Pay them. We're Doing fun. A great job. Maybe I should change it to we're fun. We are fun. We, we are. have fun. Uh, well, we, I mean, tasting through all of them now, because it's it's been, you know, a couple of weeks since I've tasted through a couple of the wines. Very happy. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be happy with the things you worked for nine months on. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be happy about things that it's nice to be happy. It's nice to be yes. happy. It's just nice to be happy. That is so true. Yeah, that but was... all of the wines today were really fun and interesting and mm-hmm. diverse. Mm-hmm. This is and, fun. And, and good. Actually, you guys, you know, you come across as having a little too much fun, but actually you're... <laughs> just a little trouble. But, just a little <laughs> trouble. But the thing is, it's it's so much easier to have fun when your wines are really good. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Right. We're well, com- we got gems for the website yeah. today. Yeah. They weren't n- not serious wines. No. And just, you know, and I, you know we, but this is something we probably preach a lot on this show, or we should more of, that, you know, you don't have to take all of this so seriously to still no. make 
yeah. Chardonnay I'm that not... you like point to a bottle of Chablis and go, oh yeah, there's a yeah. through line there, you know? Well, I mean, right. I can tell you that like Jen and Mike with the Ed All Peak Pool, for example, like yes. Mike and Jen and and myself, I, I would say with confidence that we're all can be very serious people, but um, your peak pool is my favorite peak pool from the United States, yes. with, uh, like hands down, easy. Yep. And I, it's definitely one of my favorite wines that you make. And um, you're very silly and you're very serious. And the wine is very fun and very serious at the same time. And that's probably a common thread between all the wines that we even make together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Should, should we just wrap that up? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, exclamation point. Brought, brought it down. <laughs> Um, we started uh, off the rails. We found the rails. Yeah. Found, um, Still, yeah. we should we should do a show just on the Petaluma ice cream report. Mm. Can I please be a part of that? I love ice yes. cream. This is one to Mobile definitely show. bring yeah. your digestive enzymes to this yeah. episode. I'd also love to be a part of like the um, Sonoma County like d- heritage dive podcast where it's mm-hmm. like uh, the, the Stormies. Mm-hmm. The, what's the one in Petaluma? The Red Sauce place Volpe's. with the Volpe's. Volpe's. Oh, oh, oh Andreessen's. Right. How, how about all the different buckhorns in all the different <gasps> towns? Are there yeah. different there's more than one buckhorn? Well, no, there's only one buckhorn. But, but the different styles of the buckhorns? The element of... Well, I mean, there's a buckhorn uh, in Lake County. There was one in Lakeport, <gasps> I believe. Is it the same buckhorn? No, no, oh. no. No, it's... I mean, there's only the one buckhorn in yeah. Petaluma, of course. But there are buckhorns in many yes, other towns. Yes. <gasps> there's a little bit of like cherry cola to this that I'm obsessed with. This is delicious. Just for the record, we're talking about my wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some sassafras. Yeah, sassafras. sassafras. It's the uh, the Seven like, Eleven. Make sure we knew what we were plugging. The Seven Eleven Coke and Cherry Slurpee combined. Yeah, right. Wine descriptions Tra- by Florida yep. natives for two thousand, please, Alex. Trash food descriptions. Anytime, anytime. Two hundred dollars an hour. Available. <laughs> Super tasty wines. Are there okay. any shout-outs left to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, just that you can get that. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, do we, how do we get... Oh, yeah. You oh, can, no, Kelly Quinn, we have to Wait, wait, You can get that Slurpee that she's talking about next to what used to be PDQ in Petaluma. Right. Yeah, there's nothing right. there right now. Nothing there. Nope. And you can. You also used to, be, used to be able to get ice cream at... Swenson's? Yeah. By the Phoenix? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. Old school Petaluma? Yeah. Also not there. Also not there. Fourth and This C. episode now, brought to you by the Petaluma Chamber of Commerce. By the Petaluma Chamber of Commerce, the places that are not that around don't exist anymore. anymore. And that don't, the well, buildings are still vacant for most of them, too. Oh, which is Bringing it and, down. And there, and there was soft serve at mm. Scarf and Barf. Foster's. Scarf. Remember Foster's right around the corner I'm from sorry. PDQ? Was Scarf and Bar well, at least now the real place? Yeah. It, and it's not there? No. This is the greatest loss I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Because if there is anything that's made, made for me, it's the I, Scarf I mean, and Barf. I mean, to be honest, there was never a sign that said Scarf and Barf. Okay. But that well, is what it was. It was at the corner of lovingly D, called. D Street Lakeville. Sounds fantastic. Scarf and Barf Wines. Scarf and Barf <laughs> And by the way, if you want to get Foster's, there is still one in Santa Rosa. Yes. It's always a line. We give us a reader's digest version of Killer Quay. No, just say how to buy it. Don't say anything about the whole Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let them find okay. it themselves. Yeah. Killer Quail completely sold out. End of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
Get on the mailing list. You can't have it, and you can't know what it is. It's like you can You can go 2022, kids. You can go to killerquailwines.com and get on the mailing list because the next one will be out in spring. The next release will be spring. What year is it right now? 2022. So spring 2022, (laughs) the wines will be available, I think. Maybe. Maybe. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. (laughs) And it'll be... A very weird blend of multiple things from Alder Springs and a carbonic zin from Grist Vineyard. And I think huh. that's it. Keep it simple. And a pet nap <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> Harvest not sparkling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a paquette of anything I can get my hands on. <laughs> Maybe some Sauvignon Blanc. That might be. No, we're making Sauvignon what, Blanc. I know. I, yeah. Little Trouble might be making some Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a little trouble if we can't freaking end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, how do you how do you buy the collective individually sell your wines? Real okay, quick? I'll I'll take a little trouble. You take raft. How does that work? Yeah. Okay, so littletroublewineco.com. We can do deliveries. We're also doing you know the the usual for post COVID times of free uh, free deliveries to anyone kind of in the area. Pickups at raft. Pickups at my office in Healdsburg. So all sorts of ways to get the wines, and we ship to a whole bunch of different states. But little, states. yeah. What? 40? 40 states. 40 states. Wow. Uh, That's enough of them. LittleTroubleWineCo.com, and all of the wines are still available as of now. As of maybe now. Maybe now. Yeah. Um, Raft is at drink.raft.wine, or you can type in raftwines.com, and it'll take you to the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just released my spring stuff. I am sadly sold out of the peak pool already. Uh, well, then why did I, I freaking talk about it? That's the reason much. why I didn't open it today. <laughs> um, yeah, if Brian's not going to let you be on the show well, again until you bring you him more live here people. locally, well, you may be able. Bottle Barn definitely has it. Thank you. Um, actually, last night, a friend of mine found a 2019 there that I think was missed. Um, I don't know where it was. Somehow Brian didn't buy it. It was mismarked. They were selling it for twelve ninety nine. Oh, oh my God. goodness. <laughs> Sale of the century. Like, that's way less than what you buy it for, but okay, whatever. Pretty sure that's the bottle barn. Yeah. Bottle barn still has it. If you beg and plead, I might be able to find a bottle or two for you. Um, but still have my rosé, Viognier. And Antonella, I did not make my Cunois this year from the Creek Fire. It got blasted at the end harvest last year. And I'm actually very nervous right now about the river fire that is in the same general area. It's about 10 miles from that vineyard yeah. as the crow fire. So prayers Hopefully to the... Hasn't gone through Verasion yet. Uh, the Vignette, normally I pick oh, August 15th. Um, but it's white, so, you know, maybe I do the skin contact Vignette from that same pick. Which is my favorite raft one. Um... And huh? so I might do a little bit less time Pour, on the skin Pouring on that it. at the girl in the fig, by the way. Oh, is it still there? So as far as I know, last time, yeah, I got picked up at the girl in the fig, so I happened to pull up the wine nice. list, and you were on that. Such a gorgeous wine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I sign up for the mail list, because fall's going to be a treat. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some weird wines coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some Cab, some Merlot from Cole Ranch, uh, which I'm oh. really excited about. Yeah. Uh, Grenache Blanc. Uh, from the same vineyard as my rosé, so it's got this like crazy beautiful quality to it. Um, so yeah, just kind of keeping it interesting. Got to keep people on their toes. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. And LibertyDucks.com. Buy some ducks. Eat some ducks. Eat more duck. Feed, feed, people, feed duck. people duck. Well, you guys, I think this is a perfect like example of what we say is taking the intimidation out of wine. Like, we're just real people. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> having a good time. They happen to be making wine time. and having fun, right? Maybe too real. <laughs> keeping it real goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, except for what was that wine that you sell on the side that nobody can get? Oh, the super exist. allocated, super exclusive KillerCoilWines.com? Yeah. I mean, besides that, we're, we're just normal people. <laughs> Number one most requested and mysterious wine of this podcast? <laughs> Oh, can't so wait to see the numbers on that. Oh, no, I was taking a picture of the dog. This would have been a good one to be a video podcast, but alas, right. you'll just have to pretend to know what's going exactly. on. Perfect Dane Sonoma. Any shout-outs? No. Uh, I, I got my oh, event I... coming up. Plug, plug. Uh, oh. Can we can we officially talk about this? Oh, you're, well, that was a different event than I'm going to oh, talk about. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it might be too... Well, no, fuck it. We're just going to do it. Maybe Phil won't show up, but I'll be there. Okay, so um, I don't care. We'll just figure it out. No, I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah. So, so we're doing. So, I've had some fun this year doing winemaker dinners instead of doing normal winemaker dinners. We've done some really cool collaborations at the Fairmont. So, the first one was with Fred Klein, with Megan and Hillary and Tom. We included Green String Farm, and we did some really fun stuff on the menu. The last one a couple of weeks ago, we did Las Haras. We did a vegan menu. And so Miyoko from Miyoko's Creamery was there. We did Renegade Charcuterie. Um, and, and it was great because we had people that were fans of Joel's but weren't vegan. We had vegans that had no idea who Joel was. But um, I wanted to do a grape grower dinner instead of a winemaker dinner. So That's awesome. So mm-hmm. talking That's about, really, really um, cool. So just kind of honoring Phil Couture. And so I want to do a dinner that incorporates 16600 Dane Cellars, um, um, Stone Edge Farm, Cayman, Reprie, just some of the vineyards that I love. That Sonoma Psalm wines. So if you know what, if we well, happen to pour some of my wine, whatever. <laughs> but but some of the vineyards that I really enjoy drinking the wines from, and sort of an homage to Phil. So August fourth at the Fairmont under the historic water tower, we will be doing a five course dinner um, with Phil Caturi. And that's all the specs I have on it right now until I get this is everyone involved. The most it's fleshed, this idea has been fleshed out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty so. much. I mean, as, as soon as the marketing team gets involved and starts misspelling names and <laughs> and sending out that's when it's real. wrong hashtags, then, <laughs> then, I, know it's, then uh, I know it's on. But but there's only 30 seats. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. so get it while tied. Yeah. Uh, and then it is the August 4th. August 4th. Wednesday. It's gonna be a Wednesday. Wednesday, August fourth. Yeah, and we then can't we can't do shit on Fridays and Saturdays. Sunday before this, Sunday, July twenty fifth, uh, Phil sent me, which is our wine club members only. Uh, Stanley Mass will be here with a show, and we'll have some food and some music. Nice. Sort of a, a soft re-entry into the vinyl Sunday life. So if you're oh. a member and you're listening, and you're going to be around on the twenty fifth, uh, come on back. Cool. Oh, interesting. Sarah didn't know about the Vinyl Sundays. I didn't oh, know about Vinyl Sundays. Vinyl Sunday. I'm a vinyl person. We Well, inside, <laughs> I, we have, you know, five, actually I never have counted, I just say 500 uh, records. It's a nice round number. Of all sorts of <laughs> genre and age. Um, and we have now, actually there's two turntables inside and we have the uh, the best sound system is in our office. Uh, of course. And then Selfish. We, we do um, the Vinyl Sundays. It started out with like different guest DJs yeah. picking out from our selection to play. Mm-hmm. Now we have that and live music yeah. uh, and some food. And we do, you know, normal times. We did like almost once a month through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's member, you know, they're like club member events, but really have, you know, kind of open house, lots of locals um, and hang out, try all the wines, have some food. Um, I feel very strongly that it's important to listen to an entire album instead of a song which so i feel like sticking to a whole record is yeah. a good way to hold yourself to it that sounds great and it's definitely I'm something about like picking out an album and mm-hmm. and then having the out al- listening to the music and drinking the wine at the same time yeah that kind of and makes, drinking the whole bottle for, of wine makes for yeah like, listen to the we whole album listen here to- whole album yeah. whole bottles <laughs> wines.com can't call squatters. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm quitting this podcast. <laughs> okay, now we quit. <laughs> and scene. All right, thanks for listening, guys.